Hello listeners, welcome to episode 2 of the Stables Podcast, with a message of different horses for different courses. Today I'm joined by the usual group of Adam, Rob, Golden and Sunshine, so let's kick off this episode. This episode's topic is we're talking about UK university players being picked for the NFL Pathway Programme. So my open question that I'm asking everyone on this podcast is, does this mean that we could send someone to the NFL from the UK? I'd like to start off with asking uh, Sunshine first, based on his experiences which we've had in the US and what he's had in the UK playing-wise. Do you think that it, do you think that it's a good chance as a player that has been to the US and to the UK? Do you think we have an opportunity, Sunshine? Uh, I reckon for a small percentage of us, there could be. Um, so for a little context, I spent six months in Texas as a University of Texas state. Uh, at the University of Texas State. So um, whilst there, I got to watch a handful of their games, tour out their stadium, etc., and see some local high school teams as well. Comparing, like, the standard level, I'd guess, throughout university football in England to there, we'd be more comparable to their high school teams, who even then, I think, would probably get the best of the majority of English teams, to be honest. Um, So I went and saw a team called Georgetown, who... Were just their facilities alone were pretty ridiculous. Would the fact that a high school has a full-on stadium with a massive jumbotron? Yeah, beats everything. Was it in Texas? Like on the same point, Sunshine, is that in Texas? I know that the average like stadium for high schools. I know this, and I remember this for years. Is that the average seat in stadium in, in Texas is twenty-five thousand seats? So just think of that of like. We're sending someone from the NFL, like from the UK. Just imagine that. Think of it like we'd barely even play Sunday League or even normal football, like to this level. Like, just think of it like how how what does it look like fans wise, Sunshine? Like looking it to the pitch size. Like, do you think that that these sort of small stadiums would ever fit in the UK if we was to build the UK sport? Uh, so, like, comparison of the stadiums for in England, it would it's considerably bigger than even like uh, oh, I don't know English football very well. And well, you got like I would just compare it to Gillingham Town. But... Okay, so, yeah, that's not going to work, is it? Imagine that in the UK, you've got all these football stadiums as is, and then what? You're just going to have <laughs> 20, 20 NFL pitches needing to be made as well. Yeah. So, really- yeah, double checked the stadium I went to, which was a high school one, seats twelve and a half thousand people. <laughs> uh, and I reckon the day I was there, which I think was their homecoming game, so it did have a, a larger capacity than normal. The entire home side was full, and that was probably eight thousand. Okay. Uh, and this is just to watch sixteen to eighteen year olds play, pretty much. Okay. With their varsity team. Okay. What gets me about that, sorry to butt in, what gets me about that is in, in, in this country, when you look at football, like um, soccer and that, you're not really getting even those numbers to a 16 or 18 year old game. Uh, you get that even for like the major teams like um, in, in the Premier League. It, it, it's crazy to think how of a community feel these teams are in the US, especially the football teams and the high school teams to their local community. It's That's just, true. It's just That's not like that of- here. Yeah, but you see, but the th- the thing is though that you, I think we're going to see in the UK is that when you've got like the ability to YouTube and stuff, is like 
think of all of these teams. If every team was to just get a YouTube and just like put themselves out there, it would surely help us a bit more. But like, it, it, there's a question that I've got here that I want to ask you, Golden. Is like you've you found American football at university. What what's got to change in terms of the selling from the university to people? Because it, I'll be honest, like from when I started in terms of how we promote this sport. 10, 10 or so years ago now it's not really changing how we promote we've got a bunch of people hello friends all of this outside hand in flyers it helps anything for the image like golden i really want to hear your perspective and what you yeah. think we can do see when i first joined uh university i'd never heard of american football never watched it didn't care about it i was more on premier league and rugby yeah and i think the reason why I mean, the obvious reason why was because in year seven, when I joined um, secondary school, it was compulsory to play rugby on Saturdays. And okay, so yeah. for the next three years, I just carried on playing on Saturday every week. And then it got to about year 11, year 10. And I just, I don't know, I gave, I gave up. I was not really wanting to play anymore because I was just getting injured. And then I want, when I came to uni, I was like, well, Obviously, I'm going to join a sports team just because that's the best thing to do. Yeah. And well, American football, I feel like the only reason I joined American football was because they were the first stand in, in the Freshers' Fair. Because sure. <laughs> I walked straight into the university library and a player, I can't remember who it was, but uh, he just told me, Hey, you've played American football before and just marketed it like that. And so, a way to get more of an audience, I would say, is just start at such a young level because you look at the popularity of american football in america it's yeah. little you know you have corner. exactly seven. it's like seven it was like seven years old sometimes you're a bit more rehearsed on how it works but i swear it's like from seven years old people start playing isn't it uh it's something around that i, I didn't get to see any peewee football or anything like that um but yeah if well there's tv shows on it i think netflix did one called uh what was it coach snoop that followed his uh, his teams, and they're like, yeah, old or something like that. <laughs> okay. They're more bobbleheads at that age. Yeah, yeah. So if we were to like market it at a younger age, then I think we'd have a bigger audience in the long term. But because sure. if like I can just put an easily example is a lot of members in the American football team never watched a game. The only reason they joined is because they didn't want to play one of the big three sports, let's say, in the UK, which is football, rugby, and then maybe hockey, hockey or yeah. cricket. Like there's, yeah. American football isn't established in the UK. You're not going to have a massive young audience. Yeah, because it's not, yeah, it's not yeah. there yet. No, I do understand. Right now, you won't have a kid wanting to grow up to be like Patrick Mahomes. They want to be like David Beckham or like Mbappé yeah. or someone, you know, because they're so much more established in Europe than American football. Okay. Okay. So then coach Rob, what's your opinion then? If we're going to talk about improving the idea, because if you look at it from the two players that we've got picked, Ayo, Ayoyola, I do apologize to both of these two guys. If they hear both their names completely butchered. <laughs> Adideo Odile of Loughborough, Loughborough University and Ayoyola of Nottingham University. Now they're both, Premiership teams, Coach Rob. Yeah. If do you think that 
if if we was to start having more teams playing at this standard, i.e. down in Kent, down in Surrey, down in down along the west coast, do you think there could be an opportunity for something like this to happen a bit more often? I, I do think there is the opportunity um, for these teams, uh, whether it's university teams or uh, local teams, so um, for Britball teams and so on. I think there is opportunity. The problem I see mainly with this is that there is very limited amount of resources. You're looking at yeah, true. You're, you're looking at uh, these players playing in in some cases grass pitches that, that how you can hardly see the lines on them. They've got set, um, five year five year old pads that are falling apart and helmets that can't do this. Now, I'm not saying equipment can make a player and this that and the other, but when you've got equipment to help train, help to feel comfortable playing the game. All those things, I think they help in the long term to make that player better. Now, I also think there's opportunities for um, NFL UK to get more involved with the Britball community. And whether that's at a university level or at a Britball level. Um, now, from my own personal experience, um, well, sorry, from a, from a university experience, I feel as though at times we are overlooked compared to the uh, in the Britball community. Uh, sort of sphere because um a lot of the other uh, media outlets they they generally focus on the um the at uh, britball the adult um football adult standards yes and that isn't giving exposure to many of these potential players and i think the quality of coaching is also going to be a, a large factor as well like you can you can go to uh the london warriors or the london blitz and Tamworth Phoenix and you can probably get a very very good standard of coaching um, but then you start to go to these other teams um, further afield and you just it, it's not the same it's not the same level and I think that with sending people to the NFL from the UK it, it's it's definitely achievable but it, it, there's a long road with a lot of things that need to happen before this is even really considered Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd I'd say it a bit about how far the NFL in the UK have come. Is um, I went, I was invited to an event. Uh, this was two thousand nineteen, roughly, and a guy there. He he looked like an NFL player, uh, Harry Innes. Now Harry Innes was one of the first guys I'd 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 known to be on the NFL Undiscovered, right? So you talk about all these guys that are doing the NFL Pathway program, right? Shout out to Harry for being one of the first people to not even be able to get your foot in the door to even get a contract. That's just to get yourself to run your combined your combined like drills in front of teams just to show that we can produce that type of people. Like I do think that we've got a very very long road ahead, but I think that if we can get more avenues of uh, scholarships and we we don't just have this like tunnel approach down in the UK like at the moment it's it's a very difficult to buy all of the talent around the UK but so then another question I've got for you then coach Rob is how would you think if we was to have like local combines at colleges so like your sixth form schools like for instance you've got the NFL academy right and you've got kids that are basically get an Instagram account do sort sort out some some highlight tape 
and then you get a shot. Now, it would be a lot more better structured if you had local combines at colleges, but how would you think it could be done, uh, Coach Rob, uh, in terms of how would you think we could run these setups? I mean, looking at combines, we, we can run combines uh, at colleges, but we can also run combines when they first come to university. But the problem that I foresee really with the college aspects of running these sort of combines to get the, the measurables on these players would be that at the end of the day, we, we are, we're just at, for, for university football, at least we are just coaches. We are not uh, recruiters. We are not contracted by the university. We don't have any affiliation uh, or piece of paper to say that we represent the university in any way, especially down here in Christchurch, at least. Um, so if we were to turn up to these colleges, how are we going to be taken seriously? Um, sure. And I think that might be the case for other universities. So I'm not entirely sure, but we um, at Christchurch, we need to look at that. And the, the way around I would see that happening would be to engage with more youth teams uh, within the South and the Southeast. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we were to engage with them, we could rock up to their games, scout, look at how these players perform but again, it comes down to how can we incentivize it to them to for these players to come to Canterbury to come to these other universities once we've scouted them. So sure. well, we might see a player that we think, oh, we really want you to come to Canterbury Christchurch. We reckon you could do a really good job for us playing quarterback, um, and he plays for another local team. How are we going to want to uh, attract him to come to Canterbury? We don't have any pool power. Okay. So then, a uh, question then for Sunshine into Golden. Would you think how would what would you do if you was at school and you had someone say you got a shot at the NFL, put an Instagram video together? Do you reckon you'd have done it when you was in, when you was in like sixth form? Because like I'm thinking about it, like we I I never had that thought of oh let's just get a video camera and let's just stick it outside when you was when you was playing football like there wasn't enough we didn't even have, I didn't even have tinder when I was at university so like in terms of thinking about american football and trying to think you're going to go and play in the nfl it it's like a sure sight away so i really want to understand what you two think of like how would we get people at sixth form like if you was in sixth form yourselves or put yourself in that frame of mind, what what how what would pull you in to get you to decide I wanna go for the NFL? What I would it have to be? I would say one easy way of doing it can be just putting it in school programmes and like so I had two hours of sport a week at school and if one mm-hmm. of those hours of sport was American football, then you would have well so many more. Like I went to a school with 1,200 people. So mm-hmm. if you have, um, I don't know, one per year, you yeah. know, how, many, how many more are going to join it or do it in their own time, not yeah. just at the time? Even if it's 10, that's 10 more, and then there's 100 schools. So it's just mm-hmm. easy. You, know, you can increase it like that. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's the, we can talk about it on here and yeah. you know, discuss it for hours, but the there won't be anything done because we're so unorganized as <laughs> as Napa is like as an organization like yeah. i don't i could never see like ncaa football being or even surviving with our methods of how we're doing it now 
So, that's a good point. That's a fair point. I don't think it would survive with how we do sport in this country. If you look at NCAA as a whole in America, if you was to apply that to the UK, you've got less students. So, like, you've got less things to worry about, if that makes sense, because it's not, we're yeah. not as big as America. Like, that's a fair point. It would be a little bit easier to manage, but you just have such a massive pool in, like, standards that it would just wouldn't make sense. Well, you look at the American system as well. Sorry to butt in, but the American system is built to help provide a very good product on the end of the NFL. Like you, you get to sort of see before you buy in the college football, and then you can, and then the draft position. The, the NFL draft is a an amazing thing that allows struggling teams to get the best players of that year. Um, there is none of that, even in other sports in the UK. You look at how these players come through academies and so on for football. They they, they are they are brought in. They don't in. get a choice. They don't get a choice like in no, the draft. Even even though granted you don't get a choice in the draft when you're the player, but you've got 32 teams that get to have that choice whether they want you or not. And the, and the NCAA is a bit like how Bucks is run here. Like you look, well, <laughs> it is similar to how Bucks is run because you've got an overarching um, the NCAA. Uh, running all sports at college level well not all because there's different affiliations and so on but the majority of the large ones and then you've also got the bucks running university sport in this country yet you look at the way they are both run they're very they're run very differently even with the larger sports in this country i.e football you are not getting the same amount of exposure and play and so on at these larger universities, even for the larger sports. So is that something that in the UK has gone a little bit wrong? Sure. Okay, then. So now we're talking about NCAA. Let's have a look at college football then. Let's look at the situation of the finals, the CFB final game with Ohio State versus Alabama. Let's look at that setup then. Who do you, who's who's going to take the floor first and who, want, who they think is going to win? And then at the same point of looking at the universities, is it, it? why do you think that it's always these universities at the top? Now, granted, you could say money or all of those things, hmm. but is it, is, can it just be something so small as just being their kit or their logo or something so small that, it, that, these, that makes these teams be, always be at the top, but also always be in the final and always producing the best players? So I don't mind who goes first, but I just want to leave it open. So I'll jump in it. Um, I'm an Alabama fan myself, just because uh, 10 years ago or so, when I watched my first college football game, I think it was them against Ole Miss. I think Julio Jones was still on the team at this point. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm backing them to win on Monday. Yeah. But uh, when it comes to consistency in college, you look at the likes of Nick Saban, who has been there now for what? 10 years, 11 years. I think yeah. he just in 2009. Um, you get bits like that. Just having a consistent coach alone, I think, uh, encourages kind of bringing in the better athletes. So you get the ranking system throughout college. There's about 10 or more different things. You'll have people being, oh, he's a five-star quarterback, this kid in uh, yeah. back, backwash town. Uh, so I think, a mixture of having a consistent coach, consistently achieving, and then just knowing sort of facilities and such a team is going to have, surely attracts a team. Because if, say you're 
don't know, you're John Smith, you're 18 and you want to make it to the pros. Will, yeah. you, will you join the team that's, I don't know, because they only rank up to 25. Will you join the team that's like in the Sun Belt division where maybe one kid makes the NFL a year? Sure. You've got the choice of schools. Will you go to an SEC, to a Power 5 school where, oh, I think Alabama this year could have potentially seven first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go there? Sure. So I think it's just a case of almost rinsing and repeating. If mm-hmm. these are doing well, they're encouraging the better athletes to ret- to come in in the next years. Yeah. So makes sense. Winning by winning, in essence. Sure. Golden, what's your perspective? I think Bama are going to win it as well. I just think they have everything right that's going on at the moment. Mm. Look at that they're not a team that will have a star quarterback for one year, have a great year, a bit like um Burroughs, where yeah. you know, he joins the team, they're great, but as soon as that team's like as soon as he's gone, LSU have fallen down quite a bit. Yeah. But you look at Alabama and they've always had a consistent just always getting into finals, always winning and like what yeah. are they twelve and 0 now. And so they've got a really good chance of beating. I know um, is it Ohio State is seven and zero. Yeah, seven and zero. So it's like I think it's a no-brainer just to back Alabama simply because they've always been a team that is at an exceptionally high level, and they always well always get to the finals and always well win. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then I got I got a, I got a top, I got a question now. So if you look at it from Ohio State and you look at it from Justin Fields, right, and we're looking at these aspects of trying to get to the NFL and so forth, right? Justin Fields went to Georgia, saw that people left um, Ohio State, then he then transferred. So, like, for the, for, the, for the idea of going to the NFL, would you, if you was a, a like a university, like a Div 1 university or a Div 2, but you've done three years or four years and you've put a solid resume of f- football film together, would you decide, do you know what, I'm going to ch- go all in and I'm going I'm to leave my school, I'm going to go to a bigger school because I think I could do better. Like, do you think that you could see potentially, uh, I, I'm going to ask Coach Rob this, if you was to see like players that have done Masters at Div 2 teams and so forth, would you push those kids to try and forego their Masters and try and send them to go to the bigger schools? Or would you try and just try and maintain that school? What would you What would you think of it to be? I mean, I, I, if, if the player is of a very high standard, you would always want to push that player to to go to a program that would help to them even prove further. I think sure. as a coach, you always want your players to, to, to come out of the year that you've had with them to be better players than they started. And mm-hmm. if, if, if sometimes it's letting those players um, achieve, not necessarily in your program, but to achieve their potential in other programs as well. Mm-hmm. And I think in this country, if we're looking at Britball, uh, it'd be very difficult to, try and sell it unless they unless the university have the course they want uh, if we were to send someone from Christchurch to say one of, to, to Birmingham uh, or to, to one of the other top programs in the UK when it comes to university level um, what would they get out of it at the end of it apart from a, a high higher level of football and 
a master's degree, but what uh, when it comes to the footballing element, what would they get out of it? Yeah, it's a it's a bit it's a bit of a it's a bit of a one like so like it, here's another question then. So sunshine, you you went to America and you saw the standard out there. Do you think that if after seeing it? It would make you go. Do you know what? I should get myself to a to a, an American college. Should I get here and should I go all in? Try and t- try and play this game like it's the last chance. You, I've got no opportunity anywhere else besides if I went all in on football. Do you think because of going to America and seeing a standard which is like a goal? Do you think that it's enough of a goal? in England that it would work the same way in American football than it does to English football because I don't think I don't really I've never seen it ever in English football where you go to watch England or you go to watch someone and you're like oh my god I want to be him and practice but with American football and you see the like people practice compared to English football like they practice even hard it's like a wanting to do better in a whole different standard. Like, do you think, Sunshine, that the work ethic in the UK is different to the US if you was to try and go all in on football? Um, quite possibly. So, when I watched the uh, Texas State games play, I got to see them play a few quite good teams. It made me look at it and think, well, my shot's passed, but someone else might be able to, uh, yeah, to sort of thing. Like, I'm not that old, but I'm too old now. Um, but then you sort of look back at it and think, I then did come back here, and I want to say I then did put more in a training. I sort of, I understood the amount of effort these kids were putting in, who, hell, they're all younger than me, that whole team probably, unless they've got some, like, 30-year-old monster student that was hidden amongst them. Yeah. Um, Like, these guys are putting in practice twice a day, five times a day. The day starts at 6 a.m., yeah, just to go. I don't know, it was like three and seven. So, so to see this would it's real encouraging. But sure. I can't see in England the same sort of thing, just because it's the sort of the the amount of hours dedicated to it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I see what you mean. If they're putting in, say, they've got two sessions a day. Hell, if they're only an hour long, that's still ten hours of training a day. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, and that's outside of classrooms and such. I want to say most English teams, if we're lucky, twice a week. Yeah, so probably four hours at a push. Can I add to this? Go on. So to add to this as well, I don't think that when you look at uh, British players, they sing it out. They don't see a a positive thing coming from the hard work. They see that once that they do these things and these uh, and train hard and this and the other. They don't see an end. They don't see a, a positive end, at least. Like you get players from the UK going across the, um, to the US, playing for sort of like local teams in the US. But at the end of the day, they're not getting paid. They're not getting the sort of like the incentive to want to work hard because the pathways are too difficult for them to work hard too. Now, if the if if the UK was to make these pathways to the NFL or even uh, franchise and make the UK game uh, a bit big. Uh, even if there's just bigger. a better funnel of talent, like even yeah. if it was college to college to a drafting system to yeah. Europe. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? The pathway yeah. is too hard. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit difficult. Or if they're not too hard, the people people just aren't aware of the pathways either. That's a that's a big point as well. It's a, it's, 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 it's it's a shame. It's a shame that people don't know about it, but it's also a shame that it's not spoke about enough. It's like both ends, like it's not enough promoted for people that want to do it to even just to be able to type it into Google, like UK NFL go. It's not you don't get you don't you don't really get an answer. And then you then you're trying to find someone to go to and then you get given the wrong information. Then you end up in the spiraling circle of not knowing how to go to get further in the game. But then you look at it with other countries like uh, France, Spain, Germany. Look how different how it's all controlled and structured over there. It, it's it's insane. Um, but any, anyway, besides talking about Brooke and, and how we're going to do with this, and we've just done uh, NCAA, let's talk about, let's go back over the NFL, but let's go talk about the all-pro team. Now, the reason why I want to talk about the all-pro team is if we're going to talk about the player pathways and stuff, we look at some of these people on this team, like I'm just going to start throwing names out here, like Derek Henry, Travis Kelsey, Quentin Nelson, TJ Watt, Aaron Donald, Xavier Howard. Doesn't sound like any of these names like have got into the NFL based on sheer hard work without some talent, right? But if we're going to look at, if, if we were to say Derek Henry is the best running back in the league, but next question, is his standard of running, the way he is, size he is, do you think you're going to see guys bigger than Derek Henry in the NFL? Biggest you can be. <laughs> like, how, at some point, oh. you've got to slow down when you get in that size, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can only be so big and so fast. Not, not for Derek Henry. He, he yeah. is just an absolute train. Like, yeah. How would you like look looking at how people continuously have to tackle that man? It's just it's just not fair. I mean, he's got the X Factor rating a freight train for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. on Madden? Yeah, on Madden or freight train. Okay. Early on in the season, when the Steelers played uh, Tennessee, we just lost our middle linebacker, and we had this guy Robert Spillane come in. I saw this. I was scared. The, the idea that they would just run the ball down the middle. Somehow this guy pulled it out his arse a little on a one yard. That is it. Yeah, I saw it. He, he's on, um, he was on Brian Baldy's breakdown, Robert Spillane. Yeah. He's one of those, you're one of those old school linebackers who's still got a neck brace. He's got all of the things. And I, I saw it and it was like, my God, did he get up? Like, how did yeah. he get up after tackling? Yeah. But, you know, he made the stop. <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to break themselves trying to stop Derek. But looking at the look at the, some of the other players on that All Pro team, do we think that they all do we think that they all deserved it? There's a lot of Green Bay on there, and they've been doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I do think but, the Green Bay O line has been particularly good this year. Looking at, I mean, David Bakhtiari and Corey Lindsay, like the, the O line has really done Aaron Rodgers some some MVP quality this year. Like, I mean, I don't want to bring up the after word MVP too too prematurely, but Aaron Rodgers, it's amazing. It, like, just watching him play, uh, he's done something this year that I think, looking at who he's got go, who he's got around him apart from Devontae Adams, he's thrown to Mercedes Lewis, he's thrown to Robert Tonyan, 
uh, Sc- uh, Valdis Scantlin. Like, these aren't household names. Yeah. But this is the problem. When you say it like that, you talk about how you talk about the team that Aaron Rodgers has had, right? Now, you look at Michael Jordan, and you look at who he, Michael Jordan, had in his early years. He didn't have anything until they got Scottie Pippen. Then they got Devontae Adams, so Aaron Rodgers has been okay. Then what happened with, the, with Chicago? They went out and got Dennis Rodman to help him get solid up on defense. So, past, past standard O line, and they've got the best wide receiver, and they've got then they've got and you've got the QB here. Now, would you compare Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and David Bakhtiari against Tre- uh, Terry Kill, Pat Mahomes, and? whoever the best O-lineman is on the Chiefs, which one would you take over? Now, Golden, obviously, I understand you're a Chiefs fan, so I'm expecting you to sell this. But... See, it's tough, right, because the Chiefs O-line has been, like, it's been okay. Like, we've had Eric Fisher for a while, and he's just been mediocre. Is it that right tackle? So, that right tackle that's good. Yeah, exactly. And then you've yeah. got um, Schwartz on the other that's side. The one. That's the yeah. one. And he's what, uh, if I recall, he's 94 rated on Madden. So it's like, yeah, if you put him up there. I don't know. It's it's tough because obviously O-line make a QB because you you can see Joe Burrow, how he got ruined this year. He did ruin. And it's like, okay. Poor guy. There's only certain factors you can just bring into having an MVP season. That if you have the whole like 10 seconds to stand at the back and throw the ball... Obviously, a quality of Aaron Rodgers, he's going to do that, and he'll get a pass complete every single time. But you know, I, I think although Pat Mahomes has had a really good season, Aaron Rodgers has had a better one, and that's yeah. that is tough coming from a Chiefs fan. That is it's tough to say because Pat Mahomes has gone; he's only yeah. lost one game. Like I know the last game he wasn't even playing, so it didn't yeah. really count. But it's tough. All right, then. So then let's go unanimous votes. So unanimous votes they had. They had Travis Kelsey. Now, I understand we could talk about every single player on this team, but I want to, I want to zone in on a different perspective with Travis Kelsey, right? So you're talking six foot, was he six foot six, six foot seven, gangly. Doesn't look like he's a very heavy built sort of guy. Would you say that Travis Kelsey is probably on track to have a better career than Gronkowski? Now, Let's not even take numbers aside, take everything out of it in terms of like football ability. Look at person to person who Travis Kelsey is and who Rob Gronkowski is. Do you think that Travis Kelsey is probably on par to have a better year than Robert Gronkowski? Or is Gronkowski the best tight end there's ever going to be and there's never going to be anyone like him ever? I think Gronkowski <laughs> is the best tight end there's ever been. Or in, if you think about the seasons that he's had. Yeah. Then the difference between him and Kelsey is Kelsey's just consistent. He's always yeah. pitch. Like he's, he doesn't get hurt. He doesn't get hurt, and he's. Yeah, that's true. He, that, I, is a, that is a, that is a big point that I think with Travis Kelsey compared to Gronkowski is that he doesn't get. He's not. I don't see Travis Kelsey ended up with wearing one of their big braces and having to no, be exactly. Yeah, that's a fair point. And yeah. think about it as well. Just Travis Kelsey's had five one thousand yard seasons yeah. in five seasons, yeah. and it's. I mean, I like Gronkowski. His catches he's made when he was at the Patriots, it was unreal. And like, even this season as well, he's done some really good things at um, the Bucks. Yeah. But I would take Travis Kelsey. Just 
not even because he's younger or faster or whatever. I just, just think he's he knows how to look after his body a bit more. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think as as you said, I think Travis Kelsey is the uh, the safe option, and I think when it comes to career and you look at the both of their careers, I think Travis Kelsey might be spoken about more than Rob Gronkowski. And as you say, it's longevity. It's being able to outlast. Just the way he's going at the moment. I it's think on Travis Kelsey, I think Travis Kelsey is going to have a better career than Rob Gronkowski. And that's nothing against what Rob, Rob Gronkowski can do. But there's just something about the way that he plays and moves his body. Like, I don't, you don't see him like taking those bad hits, like seeing Rob Gronkowski. It, it, it almost looks like when he catches the ball, I bet he hates it. I genuinely think Rob Gronkowski hates playing. Like, what, why would you retire if you if you're that good? Like, you must get tired of being such a big unit, knowing you're going to get thrown the ball a lot. <laughs> like, he, re- he retired because he didn't want to get traded to the Lions. He even yeah. said that. he said that he he just he didn't want to get traded to the Lions. So that's why he retired, so that he could play his hand and then go. Oh, maybe a year or so later, they might send me somewhere else because yeah. he didn't want to go to the Lions. I'm incredibly sorry. Right, so we spoke. So we've done the offense. We've done all pro. I think we can all agree. Like O line wise, it's pretty much it should be Green Bay. Wide receivers is pretty sure it should be Tyreek, Stefan, Devontae. I think everything we can all agree on offense is a bit pretty unanimous in terms of it. Yeah. Okay then. So let's go to defense then. Right. So we got we've got TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, DeForest Buckner. That's your box. Is it worth? Is it worth? Is there anyone else worth speaking about? All right, as a Chiefs fan, I'm Jones <laughs> <laughs> or Frank Clark. Obviously, I don't think they're all pro. I don't. I think Chris Jones has had a great season, but I think uh, Miles Garrett has had a better one. Yeah. Okay. The only person I would say who maybe shouldn't be there is DeForest Buckner. No. Yeah. No, he's had a crazy. No, month. no, no. You think you think about the team? Obviously, they've had a number the team that he's on. Yeah. Compared to the other teams, like. Exactly. Frank Clark, yeah, Frank Clark and Chris Jones are going to have a much better season in terms of playing output because they're never going to be behind. If you're looking for DeForest Buckner, he does have to make a lot more of his plays than compared to the other guy who's next to him, Aaron Donald. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's a, like, DeForest it's Buckner, like, he got seven sacks last month on his yeah. own. <laughs> like, alone, seven sacks. I think it was... Was it a couple forced fumbles, like a fumble recovery or two as well? Yeah. From a... Okay, but now, okay, and then we'll go to the same question I said about Derek Henry, right? The Forest Buckner's like six foot eight or something stupid, right? 200 and something, and that's a defensive player running forward. Do you think we're going to end, it's not going to be long before we see a seven foot, like, D tackle or seven foot D lineman, like someone that's just thought, no, I don't want to play in the NBA, I want to play in the NFL. Do you know who the great Carly is from WWE? <laughs> Imagine, oh yeah, the great Carly. So, oh, no. some of them are getting smaller. I think Aaron Donald, he's what, barely six foot. Yeah, that's true. And now he's that's a two-time defensive player of the year. So beast. It's almost like we're going to extremes. There's less of a a middle. You've yeah, with got... you're kind of getting it the other way. It's either small and fast or big and long. Or... <laughs> well, look at TJ Watt. Yeah. Uh, compared to Miles Garrett, they're completely two different body types. And yeah. I, but the way they play, they get the job done. 
They do what yeah. they need to do to be successful in their position. Now, just to go back to DeForest Butner, because I want to make the point to Golden on this one, is that he made 18 tackles, seven sacks, <laughs> six tackles for a loss, two pass defences, and one forced fumble in one month. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I may I may have to retract a statement. That's some <laughs> still at, so at linebackers wise, you're gonna look in this league. We've got Fred Warner of San Francisco, Bobby Wagner of Seattle, and we've got Darius Leonard of the Colts. Is it any different? Do we, is there any people that we would disagree or agree or think no? Yes. Gonna, I think I'm just gonna put it out there that although Bobby Wagner is a great player himself. The Seahawks' defense, as a total, hasn't performed as as well. Well, they're almost on a record-breaking season, yeah. Wrong way, <laughs> yeah. Of uh, what letting a thousand yards or something like that. It's yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I, was, I, I feel like it. his name might just be his name might have just got himself up there a bit like a Luke Keekley, but Luke Keekley was a different breed. But you get. I know what you mean. I know. Yeah, where he's had so many consistent seasons. That he is like, for instance, he'll always be in the top 100. He is, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah. I mean, if he's in there, that's uh, if that's fine, I'll I'll accept that. But if he's not, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, then. So then, Darius Leonard of the Colts. Any argument? I agree. No. With it. I think he should be there. I completely think he yeah. should. Like six that, that four, man, six foot four, two sixty. I don't think you agree. I don't think you argue with that. No, definitely that not. Eighty-six. Play. 86 tackles in the season. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, okay then. So Fred Warner is San Fran. I don't see no argument either. I think that was, looking at, look, I've got all their stats up because I'm sad. Um, <laughs> he hasn't got, he hasn't lit the stats up, but what he has done is he's made the place when they count. Looking at okay. how the 49ers have played throughout the season, I think he has been the only player that's been fit. And healthy and, <laughs> and performed and performed well. Yeah. Okay. And corners. So we got Xavier oh. Howard in Miami and Jalen Ramsey of the Rams. Uh, I don't know about Ramsey this year. No. Um Jer Alexander. Yeah, maybe Alexander. I, I'm yeah. Tradavius White. Yeah. I think you can't throw the ball his way. And hell, every time the Steelers play them, we throw yeah. it. Way and I think one year we threw four picks, of which he had like two or three. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I do. I do think with Jalen Ramsey, I think a big part of it is he got that big stupid contract, which is a hundred million yeah. or something. Um, you got to justify it. You got to do all of those things. He's he's don't get me wrong. He's a, he's he is the guy, but I don't think I think their schedule this year hasn't exactly gave him the best matchups that he would have had compared to some of the other guys, but. If you look at Xavier Howard, I don't know if I'm right in numbers, but I know he had like at least ten, like seven interceptions no, or ten interceptions. Ten on the year, I believe. Ten on the year. Now, okay. Jaden's had one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that brings in surely J.C. Jackson, the Patriots guy, who was only one interception. Well, for about ten seconds, they both shared the interception lead for the year, yeah. and then Xavier just got another pick right at the end of the last game. Yeah, he should be up there considering between them what it was even it's even nine and ten touchdowns uh, sorry interceptions they had or ten and eleven so yeah. either way around the twenty mark for two players yeah and that division as well it means there's something's happening there mm. you've got Miami and the Patriots and if they both shared the same schedule you would you would think of it that the teams are getting well either teams think they can pass them that 
those two guys, but it, it's neither here nor there. Okay, then safety. It's Tyron Matthew, Minka Fitzpatrick and Buda Baker. Yes. See, I'm just going to put Jamal Adams' name out there because although he's not been the best safety, he's been breaking records. And what about DK Metcalf for safety as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he probably had one. He probably had the, one of the best games uh, as a say as a defensive player I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> and the guy that he tackled makes the list. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, see. I feel like every year the safety's position is always the most uh, talked about because there are so many others that you could put in there. Because obviously, yeah. think of Fitzpatrick's great, but. He could also easily be replaced by Jamal Adams or yeah. another safety who is just yeah, yeah Jamal Adams. Yeah, who else have they got? The, the issue with safeties when it comes to the Albros and such is uh, so a lot of linebackers on different teams they're fulfilling pretty much the same roles, but on the back end of things, like Jamal, what he'll start, he was essentially playing an outside linebacker for most yeah, of the yeah. Minka. Is going to be single high yeah. a lot of the time. Buddha Baker, the other one that got on there, end of the season, he was getting loads of TFLs and sacks, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So he's more uh, a Jamal Adams esque yeah. style. I would just say that Buddha Baker is very similar to Tyron Matthew, and just you can put them anywhere and they will perform. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so that's a wrap up on the on the All Pro. Okay, so I'm we're now going to, we're now coming towards the end of the show. Uh, we spoke about the NFL program and how the UK could be helped by the NFL and how the UK and vice versa. We spoke about NCAA and the CFB Championship. We're talking about that. I think we can all agree that we think Alabama are going to win. <laughs> well, I think Ohio. Yeah. Oh, you I think Ohio? So. I mean, I mean, I, yeah. I honestly do think Ohio might surprise Alabama, but okay, so. we'll, we'll see. So we've got a three to one for that one. We've also got after this episode comes out, we will then hear about the playoffs. So episode three, we'll probably most likely be talking about sort of recapping on the playoffs, probably. Uh, recapping on the uh, college football, and recapping on if there's anything else happening in the NFL. Uh, so we're going to sign off from this show. I uh, will give a quick shout out to Adam Foster, who is who is a co-host on this show, who has his own podcast called what you want about podcast which is where he speaks about topics which is pretty simple what are you on about but they all make sense and it's a good watch and it's a good laugh and it's a good listen if there's any new listeners that are taking part in this podcast please like share comment um, on our episodes when they go live and if there's any new topics that you want us to talk about please send us a voice note on any of our links or speak directly to any of the uh, social medias i just want to say a quick thank you to all of the guests on the show and the panel uh, I'd like to speak to you guys soon. Okay. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye bye.